The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. Another edition of the official podcast of To Streaking the Lawn, To Homer and Back. Too many words in our title. We're calling it Pierce Cast from now on. <laughs> Welcome to Pierce Cast. Oh, yeah. Pierce. Uh, I've got with me Caroline, as usual. How's it going, Caroline? Hey. Hey. Hi. And we have a very special guest this evening, Matt Trogdon from Streaking the Lawn. Hi, gang. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. You know, it's funny. My girlfriend was asking, like, why do they want you to be on there? And are you a special guest? And I was trying to explain to her that, no, I'm not a special guest. I write for the website. And so, you know, people, people might know who I am, but... Um, you introduced me as a special guest, so I might yeah. be, I guess I was wrong. It's special for us because usually it's just Caroline and I arguing with each other, and, and, and I guess Matt Ellis is a regular, but. It's true. We haven't had Paul in a while. He wouldn't got busy on us. So. I never really liked Paul. That's uh, fair. Yeah, that's fair. So it's nice really to get emotional. a diversity of opinions because <laughs> Caroline and I are always agreeing on everything, so it's nice to have. <laughs> yes, always. So, some contention but uh speaking of contention i think that brings us an excellent segue into our our topic for the evening which is obviously going to be uva basketball because i'm not talking about uva football ever again yay it's over yay. no i'm done no more podcasts about uva football at least until next preseason they have to earn it it's hey, not given this is, this is my favorite time as a cavalier football fan it's the off season this is a good <laughs> It is when hope springs eternal, and there's just so many things you can follow and get excited about for the crushing, the crushing <laughs> return of reality. Well, we did get early a September. Six ten offensive line uh, commit today, so that's that's got to be good news. It's a Cruton podcast, which is nice. Woo. Um, but yeah, let, let's talk about basketball because there's a lot to discuss about the basketball team coming off. Was that their first non-conference home loss since 2013? Am I right, Stat Girl? That is in fact true. Stat uh, Woman. <laughs> the last time Virginia lost at home to a non-conference team was in December of 2013 to Wisconsin in Ugh. what was no doubt in my mind the worst <laughs> basketball game that has ever been played in the history of basketball i agree that was the worst game yeah first uh first home loss to a non-con team since then biggest loss in general to anyone since the tennessee loss so mm-hmm. put that in perspective mm-hmm. um uh, nine a points whopping nine points <laughs> yeah whopping nine points the previous high since the tennessee game was seven points to fsu on the road 
and uh, first lost at JPJ since Duke, February 7th, 2015. So, well, some fun facts for you there. So you're saying they've been good particularly at home? Yes, very good. Mm. Now, good guys, teams. don't don't lose. I just, I was going to say, I just realized something terrible. I've been to the last four of Virginia's home losses. Ooh, I think we may <laughs> have pointed. I have the been there. Were, I, I mean, yeah, I was at this one. I was at Duke. I was at that Wisconsin. The brothel, the VCU game. At, and I was at the VCU game. But yeah. did you go to a bunch of wins in between? Well, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. But, well, I mean, I have season tickets <laughs> yeah. too. I've been at all those home losses as well. <laughs> but, but also the win. It's his fault. Yeah. But you go to way more games than I do because of your proximity True to the arena. Okay. I do live just in the parking garage of the arena. <laughs> Over yonder. That's right. Yeah. It's a, I got a little, little tent set up. It's great. Um, All right. Sorry to interrupt. Continue. No, you're good. I, I just want to throw out there, is is the sky falling? It, are, are we are, – is the season lost? Are we headed to the, the CBI, the <laughs> NIT? Oh, my God. Um, a double-digit rank in a first-round exit. I don't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and take this. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely not. I honestly like losing sucks. It's the worst. Like <laughs> nobody likes it. It's a bummer. Like I hate losing more than anyone else. That's how much I hate losing. I won't even lose in how much I dislike to lose to anyone. It's just it's so funny to me. Like I was over it as soon as the whistle, final whistle blew. That game was close. With what a minute forty-five left, you've got a good team that plays a tough style with a bunch of young. And granted, granted, I will say our most experienced ball handlers, Devin Hall, uh, Mariel Shayak, Isaiah Wilkins, ball handlers in the sense of like you know he's been on the court a bunch, experience. And London had the most turnovers. The first yep. three had two turnovers, and London had three. Granted, they also will handle the ball more in a game like that. But there were several turnovers that were maybe not directly caused by the press. So there weren't a lot of like, you know, intercepted Mm -hmm. under the basket and like layup or fast break. Um, Fast break points were actually very kept to a minimum. Mm -hmm. There were some that were caused by the disruptive nature of the press, maybe like going an extra pass. But there were, I think of the 14 turnovers, the majority were in the set offense, were dribbled off a foot or you know, tried to get the ball to the post and it was a miscommunication or bounced weird or whatever. So, I mean, it's, it's, there's stuff that's fixable, which is why I'm not freaking out. No one, <laughs> this team was going to go undefeated, which means they have to lose at some point. Like that's what, in all the predictions I read, including Pierce yours, mm-hmm. you predicted them to lose this game. If I remember correctly. Oh, it's true. I did. I was right. So it's one of those things where it's like, this is not a bad loss. I think even losing this game will end up benefiting the team more than if they had managed to eke out a win in this situation. I think Coach Bennett does an excellent job of like looking, using wins, close wins or trying wins or imperfect wins to look at what they can fix. But getting the loss is that little like extra wake-up call or not wake-up call because it sounds way more dramatic than I mean it to be. <laughs> this little extra bit that's like, well, shit, man, we lost. That sucks. What do we got to fix? Because I don't want to feel this way again. Because I can also tell you, 
Well, London Prantis is not like the Blues. <laughs> Talking to that kid in the, in the locker room over the last three out of the last four seasons I've covered the team, he does not like the Blues. <laughs> he gets in his feelings, as he says, and gotcha. he'll fix it. I'm not too worried about it. All right. Well, Matt, do, do you agree? Is there, there you know, no worries, a little bit of worries? What, what stuck out to you about uh, the Who's dropping one? Uh, so I will say, having known – Caroline for better part of three years now. I don't think I've ever known Caroline to be upset about a Virginia loss. Mm -hmm. And she's always been one that has said it's going to be okay. (laughs) Even Um, for the football team. (laughs) That said, when it comes to basketball, Caroline has generally been right when she has said it's Mm -hmm. going to be okay. So, um, Having said that, I uh, I don't really know. I, I, I think it's going to be okay. I think it is uh, – I also kind of quickly recovered from that one on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I didn't think the sky was falling. I think for me it might be more of I have a bit lower expectation for this team this year than I have in past years. I, I think it's going to be hard for them to kind of replicate the – elite seasons that we've seen um, the previous three years. So this loss doesn't bother me that much, but, you know, I I think I I could still be, I could still be surprised. Um, You know, each, each year, these last three years, we've seen this team lose some games early on in the season that looked ugly and, and then kind of bounce back. And, you know, last year's team was, you know, the best team we've probably had in 30 years. Right. And they Mm -hmm. lost at Georgia tech and at Florida state and Mm -hmm. at Virginia tech and at At George Washington. And yeah. yeah. And uh, so compared to those, you know, this one's not, this one's not a bad loss. This is a good West Virginia team. Um, I, I think for me, my question is, you know, where's the identity for, for UVA going to come this year? Um, I'm a little less, convinced of that than I have been in previous years where we've had, you know, elite scorers like, like Brogdon and Joe Harris to carry us um, down the stretch. So we'll see, but Absolutely. I don't think the sky's falling quite yet. And I think, I mean, the points you guys bring up are, are certainly correct. And, and I, I was right there with you walking out of there going, Oh, well, tough game, you know, they'll bounce back. Um, but I think it does bring in, to question a lot of the predictions and then losing Austin Nichols. Uh, I think my biggest concern from the game, and I'd like to hear what y'all have as your biggest concerns as well, but other than maybe free throw shooting, which is always concerning, but certainly an obvious thing, was was the way that West Virginia got into the lane seemingly at will, particularly in the second half, and particularly when they needed a bucket. When UVA hits a couple shots, stretches it to four points, or gets a you know alley dunk and, and Huggins calls a timeout. The next time down the court, it seemed that the Mountaineers always just went straight into the lane and got a foul call or a bucket and sometimes both. And that is something that is a, a tenet of the pack line is, is to prevent that. Um, and, and, you know, you get into lane, that's when you get those open threes, like the one that could hit in the corner uh, to essentially win the game. I mean, it, it's a weakness that you don't see very often from Virginia, whereas maybe 
not knowing who's going to play hero ball, not knowing who's going to score the bucket that we need. Those are the things we've been saying about Bennett's teams forever. Um, and, and so it's a little concerning, I think, to see that the defense might not quite be there. And I think that all ties back in to Nichols missing because that's something he would have stepped right in knowing his potential and his ability as a defensive player in the paint. Caroline. Um, I don't know that I agree with your last point about this is where we miss Nichols defensively because I'm not entirely sure that he he's yes further along than like a Diakite, but there's it's funny because in that game, like you were absolutely 100 right about them being able to get into the lane late, especially late in the game. The first half, I sat there just marveled at the pack line because it mm. was gorgeous like they were doing everything perfectly they were with their cutters they were keeping pressure on the ball like it was just beautiful I made like some joke about like this is the type of thing that you write home about like when they say like oh there's nothing to write home about like this is what you write home about because it was so beautiful it's like poetry in motion but then there were those moments where they got into the lane and I don't know if some of the officiating maybe played in in some of that because there were a lot of ticky-tack calls um that they weren't West Virginia was very physical. Um, and I'm not saying that as like, a, Oh, they got away with everything, but like they played a very physical game, which is why. And I think a lot of the things that people have complained about or questioned uh, in the loss is who was on the court when, and that's why I also think a game like this, and especially a loss like this is going to be beneficial because you see who gets crunch time or it was good to get guys like Ty Jerome crunch time. I, I didn't have any issues with the Ty Jerome being out there. I thought he provided ball security. He made good decisions. He had no turnovers. And I really liked that three pointer he took that just rimmed out. Like I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think seven times out of 10, that ball goes in and it's a different story. Um, but you know, that's how it goes. Like these kids are young, like they've got a lot of young players and that's why, Kyle Guy wasn't in down the stretch because there were a couple turnovers. And, yeah, he's a great shooter, but I think Tony was concerned about the defense. And, you know, well, why wasn't Jack in there? Like, did he have – was he too physical? And, like, he looks like Ivan Dragos. They're kind of calling everything on him. Um, It'll be interesting. I do think, though, when you said they don't have – or they don't know who the go-to guy is, I think in one sense this team is so unselfish that it might be – a non-issue who the guy is. I mean, I know what you're saying. Like, it's nice to have a Brogdon, like, and they'd look to get Brogdon the ball. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, like, even there was a play where, you know, there's, you know, two seconds on the shot clock, and they're still able to find that extra pass where Devin Hall easily could have taken the corner three, but he found Darius Thompson, who was more open and had a better shot. Mm-hmm. So, is that better than having the go-to guy? Like where you try and find Brogdon as the shot clock's going down or as you need a bucket, they just find a guy. Is that better? I don't know. Well, I think the team has done plenty with those star players, whether it be Joe or Brogdon of that doesn't mean that's the one who's taken the shot, but that's the one, you know, who could, I I, I see what you're saying though. They're, they're, They're having to learn, that somebody's got to do it (laughs) and showing that some of them uh, can for sure. Uh, Matt, what are, what are your thoughts? I, I think the Ty Jerome question is an interesting one. I think to tie it back to your original question about defense and penetration into the lane. um, I have, from my bird's eye view way up in (laughs) section 305 row T, 
I Ty looks to me to have a little bit of trouble on the defensive end down the stretch guarding some of West Virginia's guards. Uh, I think they switched. I think he was guarding number two for a while. I think they switched him off of him. Um, so that was something that, that stuck out to me. I thought he had a little trouble um, guarding those guys. And maybe a guy like a Shayok um, or a Hall has, does a better job there. But I understand you, that, that Ty gives you a, a, a better ball handling. Mm-hmm component. So, you know, I, I think Tony went with, with, with that. I, I think um, that, that might've had an effect, but you know, I, it's 50, 50, one way or the other, you know, Nichols being in there, the thing that you miss when Nichols is not in there is that I think Nichols is the closest thing we had to a complete post player mm-hmm. um, who can protect the rim, who can rebound, uh, yeah. and who can score with the best of them. Right. And, and I think we have, with the other four post players we have, um, if you put the four of them together, then you get all those three things. But I don't think <laughs> yeah, any we of the like three of them. Post players with the four of them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think any of the three of them at, at this point, um, at this point, kind of brings you that. Um, Salt is, you know, he's not quite as a, a, an elite of a defender as Nichols could have been at the rim. Obviously, he doesn't give you as much scoring punch as Nichols would have. Reuter has Reuter plays a different game. Obviously, uh, Diakite is, um, you know, has the potential to be an elite rim defender, but um, you know, probably gets pushed around in there against West Virginia's big guys. And uh, and Isaiah is just a smaller player, so I think that might be where where Nichols we're losing Nichols hurts you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, yeah, you know, I don't know that that was that was what decided the game. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how that story unfolds the rest of the year, though, because not having him against some of these bigger teams um, will definitely make it harder. Oh, for sure. And and Matt, what would you well, say? That's, I think why. <laughs> Go ahead, Carol. I was gonna say I think that's why Virginia dropped, um, especially in like the eyes of like a Seth Davis or a. Um, or a Goodman, these guys that wanted to drop Virginia sooner because of the lack of Austin mm-hmm. Nickel. Now, like the coaches pulling the AP, specifically the AP dropping to 14, I guess it is now. Like that, I think, wasn't just a loss to a good West Virginia team. It was also like, okay, here's some flaws that were shown without Nichols down low. So they dropped us where they wanted to bump us back when we first lost Nichols, but we kept winning, so they couldn't do that. Does that make sense? You know, like it's kind of yeah. like a cumulative effect of like uh, – I think I mean, there Ohio State games in there too. To, yeah, but see, for me, Ohio State's a young athletic team, and like I think the comeback – like if if an, if another top ten team had come back like that, like people would be like, oh, it shows guts and it's so tough. And instead, they're like, oh, Virginia never should have been down to Ohio State. Like, yeah. Okay. No, if it had happened to Duke, no one would have said like, oh, well, Duke should have never been there in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> it would be like, man, they overcame adversity and you know found the player that they needed, like that kind <laughs> of thing. You know, whatever. Like, I'm not too. Ch- I actually was more impressed about the comeback than I was like they shouldn't be losing to this team because Ohio sure. State did what they needed to do. They shot well in the first half, like you know, and couldn't hit the 
what did it say on Facebook? Couldn't hit the ocean from the beach. Like, yeah, <laughs> but they came back and they made something up. But yeah, I think you're right. I think they do look at that loss or that win as like, Oh, but they shouldn't have struggled against this team, but it's not like they're playing IPFW, like whatever. So <laughs> no, I think that's fair. <laughs> well, what, what would you say is your biggest concern, uh, you know, about the general chances of success for the team in the season? And maybe, maybe it's, you know, a big something that, came to pass in the uh, West Virginia game or, or not? Yeah, I, I mean, my number one concern still is is who's going to score the ball when we need them to. Mm-hmm. I mean, Virginia, we've played eight games now. We, I'm not on the team, but the team has played <laughs> eight games now, right? And they've had one 20-point scorer. It was Kyle Guy against Grambling State when the team scored 95, right? So yeah. uh, London, London, I think, is the closest thing you have to a – to a go-to guy when you need him, um, does it, you know, do, does it matter that he's a point guard and that he's a taller guy or a smaller guy? Does that does that inhibit his ability to take over a game? I'm not really sure. Um, you know, the one thing I said to the my buddy that I went to the game with on Saturday, the one thing that this Virginia team doesn't have that the three previous teams had is a future NBA player to give the ball to in the last five minutes when you need someone to shoot it. Right. Mm-hmm. So whether it was yeah. Joe or Justin or Malcolm um, or whether it was Mike Scott, you know, five years ago, um, you know, that they, they had that, that go-to guy. And I think this team is still trying to find that. I, it could happen. It could be London. It could be, could be Darius. It could be Shayok. It could even be a Kyle guy eventually, but mm-hmm. Uh, once you know, until we see that, I think um, it, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting interesting year. Definitely, Darns. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I agree. I think the problem is going to be offensive. Um, I like the defense, and I think that they can fix some of that lane issue. And you know that. Coach Bennett's going to get them straight after some of that. And they do. They still, like, you know, in the post game, like, they talk about this is the stuff that happened. We let them in the lane. Like, that's the first thing they point out. Um, I really want to see this free throw stuff fixed because that's something that will just irritate hell out of me. Because, and I get, like, it's not like these guys, I've seen them before the game and Shayok hits 10 out of 10 and then he, you know, goes to the line with whatever, 40, 30 seconds left, 20 seconds left and misses both. Like, you know, I I get it. Like you can, but I need them to be where I feel comfortable, like Brogdon, like where we have that guy that you can pass it, you know, inbound the ball to. And they're like, Oh, don't foul that guy. He shoots 90%. Like I want to be more comfortable with, with free throws. Cause we don't get to the line that often because of the way that we run our offense. I also, there's been a lot of like falling in love with the long jumper, which um, is part, I think ties in with that, like who's going to score points. And I don't want them to fall into this lull of like, Oh, here's good. Um, <laughs> every time Shayak shoots and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That one went in. Oh, good. And he's a very good shooter and he's a very good player. And um, it's just, I think that's going to be my biggest concern is like the getting comfortable with the offense. I think that's, where they really need are trying to figure out that player flow, like who's going to be in and what types of situations and what lineups work best and whether it's going to be four guards or if you're going to have, you know, different makeup on the team. So I think that'll be what I'm looking at in the next 
few games because they've got luckily a couple um, ECU and Robert Morris to tune up from the last couple to go into at Cal and then straight into ACC play at Louisville. Um, yeah, so I think that'll be interesting to watch. Well, one more I'm going to say something. Pierce, I'm going to say something that that might be might be sound ridiculous, but if Darius Thompson, if his feet were just a little bit further apart when he shot the ball from the <laughs> outside, I would have so much more confidence in his ability <laughs> as an outside shooter huh. and and his ability to become an elite scorer for us. Like I, I think he is one of the few guys on the team that is quick enough and and a good enough ball handler and you put those two together, one of the few guys on the team that can create his own shot. Mm. And he's got this, he has a little bit better of a stroke from beyond the arc this year. He's having more success, but man, he squares up and I look at it and I'm like, man, that there's no way that's going in. He looks like he's so off balance. Um, just saying for my heart, for my heart, I haven't noticed. Yeah. (laughs) For my heart and my state of mind and my, um, nervousness about the team. I would just love it if his form was a little more textbook. Um, <laughs> All right. I think what people said about Brogdon too with that flat shot. Oh, uh, true, true. Well, yeah, <laughs> very true. I feel like Darius always he always gets set up really low. Like when he is on the like on the arc, like to shoot a three. I feel like he always has to grab the ball off his like shoelaces before he comes. And I'm like, he's <laughs> yep. not going to get it off. So you're blaming like, the passes. Not, no, I just feel like I'm every once in a while, like that Wake Forest shot. Obviously, they were trying to like get the ball to him in time, but like I was like, they're not going to get the shot off because it's going to roll to him. Like, how is he going to get this ball? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, just, look, just looking at his form compared to like a London, like London Prentice's form or Kyle yeah. Guy's form, it is night and day. Um, yeah, he is shooting forty-eight percent from three. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at it. So obviously there's more games. He's shooting 58%. (laughs) I need to dive into his like game by game at this point, like where he was at this point last season, because obviously he started off kind of hot, but I think by this point had fallen off a little bit um, when it comes to like his performance and his shooting. And he finished the year shooting 39% from three. um, And he's at like, like Pierce said, 48%. um, the team is led by Diakite with 60, 67% <laughs> on his three attempts. Two for three. Um, yeah. yeah, but Kyle Guy, 10 for 16. Like, that kid lets it go, and I just nod. Is he really? Yeah, yeah 10 for 16. He's, and he's also shooting 56% from the floor. Like, <laughs> when that kid lets wow. it go, there's a pretty good problem. There's a pretty good chance it's going in. Um, well, if, if, as anyone who's seen me out at Belmont Park uh, would know, I have not attended <laughs> a single shooting uh, expose or, or clinic. Um, but uh, I, I got one more question that, that might be, I guess, more on the not that not that we're being negative, but more on the critical side of, of this game and this team, which is has this game or this week, uh, and and so not including Nichols. Since the Nichols has this week of games <laughs> uh, impacted your prediction for ACC play or, or like, you know, the seeding and the NCAA tournament, just sort of down the road expectations, <clears throat> specifically from what you've seen the, this couple of weeks? 
Matt, if you want to um, go first, or don't. I don't. Oh, sorry. I'm going to go. <laughs> um, I think go that – I think I preseason had him like third in the ACC, if I remember correctly, and I, I still feel pretty comfortable about that. Um, I think a game – I'm interested to see how it plays out because I think that I'm still comfortable with the third or fourth position. I think they still get the double buy in the ACC tournament. Um, obviously this could all change after Cal and Louisville. Like you kind of see them against the top competition keeps going on. Like I get that. Um, but I still think I'm maybe drop them a little bit in the NCAA tournament. Um, maybe like a four seed mm-hmm. as opposed to, I mean, also just, one of those other like mind blowing back to reality facts is like in the last three years, they've been either a one or a two mm-hmm. so, like saying like a four seed, like flashback six years ago, you'd be like four seed. What? up? like, Oh my God, we're on the rise. And now we're like, well, it might drop all the way to a four. You never know. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a lot more uh, like the tournament will be a lot more on matchups. I think for them than, Maybe last year. I think last year I thought they had a chance to take down any style. Um, this year I think they'll be a little bit more matchup based. Like it would, it depends a lot more who they get. I think, in my opinion, but mm-hmm. um, I still think that they'll. I still think they'll be fine. Like, this is a good team. Like they have good players, and and this is a rebuilding year, in my opinion. But I still think that they have good players, and even when missing shots and struggling like he has the past couple of games, like London is a good leader. Like he's a guy that they all respect and he, he plays hard. Um, <laughs> and I think, I know he's got all this effort. Um, <laughs> he's laughing at me. But yeah, I think that he's a good leader. And the I think effort is key. Yeah, it's both on and off the court, which is important. You know, like mm-hmm. he's someone that they can, when he's diving for that ball in the, in the challenge that they played in. Like he's setting the example for these younger kids. So I think that, I think this is a very good team. I think they're, they're going to take some lumps along the way though. For sure. Uh, Matt. I agree with most of that. I think, um, you know, honestly, (laughs) I'm not sure that I'm not sure that I've watched enough basketball outside of UVA yet to see, to know what I think about how good they are comparatively. Um, I mean, you you look at a team like Syracuse, right? Syracuse just beat Florida Gulf Coast by like four points. You know, Florida, Florida Gulf Coast ostensibly is not as good as West Virginia or Ohio State. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm not sure that's all that impressive. Louisville almost lost to Old Dominion in the battle hey, for Atlantis, hey, right? ODU so, is a good team. Um, but no, hey, I grew up, I grew up going to, <laughs> hey, I grew up going to ODU games, right? Yeah. They're fine. But Georgetown's like, had some bad losses. They have like four yeah, so, playing for them. They're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I don't really know. Um, you know, going into the season, my, I think even before Nichols got kicked off the team, my belief was that getting to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament w- would be something that we should all be happy about this year. Sure. Um, I think I am. I think I stay there. I think I'm still there. Um, yeah. You know, if this is if this is a Sweet 16 team, then that's great. I think you know nothing to be nothing to sneeze at. Certainly, <laughs> um, you know, I, it's interesting to me. I was thinking about this today, and I mentioned it in our Slack channel. Like for basketball, for the last 15 years, really, it's either been 
feast or famine, right? Like, except for the year that Mike Scott's team went to the NCAA tournament and got a 10 seed, right? We had, seems like we've had just dreadful seasons Mm -hmm. or we've had teams that have competed for the ACC title and gotten high seeds in the NCAA tournament, right? And so, no middle ground, right? And so I think as fans... You know, that leads to a little bit of uh, paranoia every time the team loses a game, right? Like, we lose a game, and then I think there is there is some sort of instinctual worry that we are going to go back there to that <laughs> oh, yeah, place yeah. of not making <laughs> yeah. the tournament uh, anymore. It was Mark and, Titus that, that wrote about that. The, the year that we started to get, like, good, good. Yeah. He, to Charlottesville, he was like, yeah. every NBA fan I talked to is just absolutely panicked that it's all going to come crumbling <laughs> down at any yeah. point. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> and know, I think, I think I, like, football adds to that, too, obviously. Yeah. Like, there's, oh, yeah. so, there's so much desperation at the end of football season. To, yeah, to see a team win that yeah. when but, they lose a game that is not going to be that big of a deal in the long run, like everyone flips out that this is, you're absolutely right, that it's the apocalypse. And like, this is it. Tony Bennett's yeah. going to decide to go to Wisconsin middle of the season and like that'll be it. Like, <laughs> down, they pack everything up yeah. and they shut it down and we all go home. <laughs> if, you but be, if you look at If you look at good programs, and, and at this point, I think Virginia is a good program. If you look at programs that have been consistently good for the last 15, 20, 30, whatever, however many years you want to go, there are a lot of seasons in there where, you know, the team just kind of, you know, they finish fourth in their conference and they get bounced in the second round of the NCAA tournament or they get bounced in the Sweet 16. And that's just kind of the way it goes. And, and you know, there are some special there are special seasons sprinkled in every once in a while or, or maybe more than every once in a while. Um, but you don't have that. It's not it's not all or nothing. And I think yeah. hopefully Tony Bennett will stay at Virginia for a very long time. And, and he his teams will be different degrees of good. And we will all somehow get comfortable with, you know, it not needing to be uh it not needing to be feast or famine. So <laughs> I don't know. No, I think UConn's a good example of that. I'm sure you're right. And that most of those strong programs are, are good examples uh, of how not every season is, is going to be this. And obviously this doesn't mean that this team isn't going to win the ACC uh, or that they can't. Oh, yeah, done. Right. they're done. Absolutely. They're done. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I probably follow UConn closer than, than any other non-UVA program. And, uh, you know, under Calhoun, it was a, a very similar deal. Some years they were, they were really struggling in the Big East. You know, some years they weren't making the tournament. And then just sprinkling in a couple national championships mixed in, you know, um, in between some of those, those down years. So it's certainly nothing is uh, indicative of, of a swoon back to – Permanent swoon, and I say swoon, swoon in a bad way. Swoon, oh. a bad way. A different kind of swoon, Caroline. Oh. Different kind of swoon. 
But uh, if you want to be thoroughly amused, talk to a current fourth year about basketball at UVA. Oh, I feel like so I would funny. want to slap them by like halfway <laughs> through the conversation. I'm just going to be like, listen. Okay. It's like, so funny. First of all, three of my years involved U-Haul, none of this fancy right. light show. Like, but no, yeah, it's, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, these kids don't know what it's like not to get a double buy in the ACC tournament or not to go to the NCAA tournament. Like it's just, you know, let alone like, man, we used to (laughs) lose to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech used to be good. You remember that? Yeah. They played in the national title and lost to UConn. Okay. um, (laughs) Let's see. How about uh, a little more positivity? Let's talk about some of the guys who've been, uh, surprises. Uh, certainly there are a lot of new faces. And so we talked at the beginning of the season who we were looking to step up. And I think we knew Kyle Guy was a good shooter. Woo. We knew Dikite was eight feet tall. You know, we knew <laughs> some of these things that we've seen uh, that have been great. But have there been any surprising things uh, in a good way or, or breakout players that you weren't necessarily expecting, uh, Darns? Um, I'm going to go with my man, Jack Salt. Mm-hmm. And this was a close oh, one for yeah. me between. Good choice. Yeah, between Jack and Darius. Uh, Darius is a very close. You can't take two. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jack is my choice. <laughs> Jack is my choice. So he started all eight games. And at the beginning, I think everyone just believed that that was because of uh, he who shall not be named, Austin Nichols. Um <laughs> suspended for the first game and then it was kind of like oh is he still being punished for the second one like he doesn't get that start like whatever mm-hmm. but i think jack has done very well he still has a couple of uh, some mike tobyisms that i'd like to have him stop doing like bringing the ball low uh on a rebound but mm-hmm. um like i said he's played all, he started all eight games he's averaging almost 20 minutes a game so he's getting good playing time sure uh he's shooting 59 percent from the field um he's Averaging 3.8 rebounds, um, but he only has 17 fouls, which I think is very important. Um, five assists, five turnovers, but you know, uh, six blocks. He's third on the team between Long Arms McGee, Diakite, and um, Wilkins. <laughs> um, but he's got right. two steals too. Like he's got active hands, like, and he's averaging five points a game. Like now we know his whole little, stat line. Whole stat line. <laughs> he's giving little pieces. Like he has these, and I think that his um his stat lines don't won't pop like they're not the ones where he's going to light it up for 20 points he's not going to get like plays but he had a really nice he showed some basketball iq with a really nice play against west virginia where he faked looking for the pass and yeah, then rolled for monster dunk like if there's one thing that Axel does that mike toby did not it is play with authority like he is a huge human being, first of all. Yeah. And he sets phenomenal screens, which is why I get so frustrated when some of the, like he's gotten a couple calls where you're like, that was a good screen. Um, he just looks big. Like he looks like he's fouling people. <laughs> um, but I've been really impressed. He, he, he still has a lot of ground to cover. Like there's, he still, I think his upside is very high. Like I think he can keep making improvements with, just in the first eight games, I think the guy that you see that played against West Virginia was way better than the guy that played in the UNC Greensboro game. And I think people forget that he's only a redshirt sophomore. Like, mm-hmm. this is his second year. Like, I don't know. I've been really impressed. I think he's done really well. Awesome. 
Caroline, were you were you on press row on Saturday? I was, yeah. Boop boop credential so when <laughs> So when Jack Salt got the ball at the foul line and then deked that guy and then went in for the two handed jam, did you just have to fight every <laughs> instinct that you had to just stand up and on top of your table and cheer? <laughs> that I immediately I am I immediately popped up out of my chair. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, it was a great move. I was so excited. Yeah, there was definitely one where everyone, I think everyone around me at least was kind of like, oh, like there was an audible like, oh, we could do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was yeah, right? a couple of sit on your hand type moments, you know, where you're like, no, no clipping, no clipping. You know how reporters talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> It's 1920s. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> what do you got for a breakout player? Um, I'm going to go with my guy, Devin Hall, I think. Um, Devin Hall is a Virginia Beach mm-hmm. product. I'm a, Nor- I'm a Norfolk product. Norfolk. Um, so, you know, I have, have some affinity there. Um, I was really impressed with him. Uh, leading the way against Ohio State, uh, at least until uh, London kind of kicked it into high gear in, in, the, in the second half. Um, I like Devin Hall's game. I like, I like the form on his outside jumpers, as you guys have found out. I'm, I'm big into good form. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he is uh, – he, he, he's quicker than he seems to be out there. Uh, he gets in the lane easier than he, than, it, than it looks like he's going to. He finishes at the rim relatively well. Um, I think he's got. I think he has played well. I think he has some potential to maybe develop into, you know, a little bit more of a reliable scorer that that the team needs. I like him. Uh, I like him defensively. So yeah, I mean, I've been impressed with him. Um, I think his ball handling has looked better this year. I, I've been impressed with him so far. Um, I commented that I, earlier in the week, I thought a lot of people's ball handling looked better this year than in previous uh-huh. years. Um, Hall definitely leads the charge. Yeah. Shayok, you know, similarly. Um, yeah, I've, I've been impressed with Devin. I think right now it's between him and Darius to kind of see um, who's going to be sort of the breakout um, kind of two guard. Um, so I'm, it'll be interesting to watch. He leads the team in free throw shooting percentage, I will say. But he's only t- you, and your, you and your stats. I know, he's, I have it open, so you know. But you know who's second on the team? Reuter. <laughs> well, that, that's Who my is? answer. I'm jumping Jared in. Jared Reuter's. Jared Reuter's the answer to my question for breakout player. Really? Because we saw, we saw him go off in the Cal game last year. He, sa- he single-handedly saved that game. 100% Cal last yeah. year. And then, you know, there was bits and flashes. Tony would throw him in and he'd do his little, like, quick spin two points, foul, yeah. and then he'd get yanked. <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> I, there was plenty of reasons for, for why he wasn't playing a lot as a freshman. But I don't think a lot of people expected huge amounts of playing time for this year. And certainly Nichols' departure has helped that because Nichols was – probably going to eat a lot of those minutes regardless. But even with Nichols gone, I think Reuter would still have been a big contributor and a bigger contributor that people were thinking before the season began. And I think we're seeing why. I think like we were talking about earlier that the the bigs have some 
positives and weaknesses <laughs> towards each of them. He certainly mm-hmm. has his, but the positives are very much there. And I think they're going to be really important in scoring in the paint because this team doesn't have Man, outside Pierce. of how guy necessarily uh, the ability to carry a game with jump shots, as we've already discussed as something that was a little Man. bit of a weakness. What? What? So I will say in looking at his line now, um, you are on to something, my friend. <laughs> um, he is, I didn't realize he was averaging six points a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's impressive is he's shooting 60% from the floor mm-hmm. and 81% from free throw line. Yeah, that's, that's huge. He's, like he's that. got a good stroke at the line. His turnovers, he's got 10 on the season. And, um, defensively, uh, he's a little bit more, he's more, see, that's where I think he's more of an Anthony Gill. He's more of a liability defensively, but he adds, he's the only big guy that really works hard to create his own shot. Mm. So I, I agree with you. I think that I, he's a guy in offense that could be very beneficial. <laughs> I've been surprised at how quick he's been this year. Um, in, in the, especially in the, the games against Iowa and Providence. That Providence game, you know, he put on a few post moves there that were really, really impressive. Um, I worry about his size and his his jumping ability or lack thereof. You know, if that lowers, that literally and figuratively lowers the ceiling for him. I don't know. Um, You know, I I don't know. Um, You know, think about a guy. You know, he is six seven. You know, thinking about a guy like Darian Atkins, he was six seven. Um, you know, obviously they have two very different games, um, but, but Darian was able to evolve into an elite defender. Um, you know, maybe Jared can evolve into a, um, a, an elite scorer or, or at least a very effective scorer down on block. I, uh, I hope you're right. Cause we need it. I think he can yeah. do it. All right. Well, let's, let's close with everybody's favorite, section we of the podcast. No one's really given us any feedback, so we're just gonna... No, we've, the only compliments we've received now are about the fact, because we've asked for them. Oh, really? <laughs> defend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you guys get to defend your basketball power rankings. The, oh, here we go. And the blog. We're not arguing about food tonight unless Trogdon has any idiotic food opinions. Out of, you know. Hey, my Instagram post of my plain Bodo's Bagel with Bacon and egg got a lot of likes. Got a lot of likes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, but forward, forward, defend yourself. And looking around the ACC this year, uh, you know, there, there's a whole lot to be determined. Some teams have barely played anybody worth a damn. Uh, some teams have won amazing games and lost head scratchers already earlier. Uh, so it's not a real general nitpicky of of what number you have teams at but i am curious trogan we'll start with you you really got syracuse above virginia right now so far with with their resumes i mean are you are you looking towards potential with talent or or or, i I don't know defend yourself i'm totally lost how you could look at what those two teams have done this year and have syracuse above virginia i put on my paranoia glasses <laughs> and I thought to myself self do we really think that at this point in time we're comfortable with Virginia going into the carrier dome whenever they do and getting a win 
And my answer in my heart and my gut at this point was no. So for this week only. Uh, <laughs> did you, did you have only, the answer differently for going to South Bend or even Castle Coliseum? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> that's so. a great, that is a great question. Um, Thank yeah, you. That's a great question. But <laughs> I, 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 I feel more confident about those other two at the moment than I do about wow. going to the carry He evaluates um, each one differently by a different set of rules. That mm, wasn't the that wasn't the question he asked himself on those other two. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, 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 yeah well, exactly right. Caroline's so, discovered so that. <laughs> that's where I am. I know. I realize I'm a little conservative on the Virginia on the Virginia selection this week. Uh, I think yeah. I had them five. I, it was either five or four. I, you know, it was, it, they were pretty close, but um, I'm going to stick with it this you week had until, until I see what happens. And see, no one, as I look through it, I don't think anyone put Notre Dame above Virginia, which I think is a little odd considering Notre Dame's undefeated. I guess Notre Dame hasn't really played anything too impressive, but Syracuse, you know, got trucked by the Gamecocks at home in the carrier note and lost pretty soundly on the road to Wisconsin, which isn't a big deal, but they, but they, they got done in that game. Yeah. They got worked. And the most one. recent game is barely beating UNF, which I'm not even going to bother to look up uh, what that is. <laughs> Cause it doesn't matter. But <laughs> you know, I'm, it, this is, this is how defend yourself works is I get nitpicky. Cause again, who really knows with the ACC right now? I mean, Notre Dame's beat Iowa, but Iowa is apparently just straight awful this year, and they've beat barely Northwestern and, and Colorado in a close game. But, uh, Darns, for your defense, wow. how is it possible that you have Pittsburgh in the second third of teams? If, if you divide the 15 teams into thirds, you've got five teams below Pittsburgh who, yeah, they beat Maryland. So maybe it's just like a, thanks for beating Maryland. I'm going to feel good about you, but they got worked by Duquesne. They did. <laughs> that is true. Game. Ugh. Um, <laughs> let me see who, oh wait, I don't remember. It's okay. I got it. You've got them above Clemson, <laughs> above NC State, above Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and Boston College. And granted, all of those teams I just said are probably garbage. Yeah, so I will say the Boston College, Georgia Tech, and even at this point, NC State was very easy. NC State has been garbage. <laughs> Obviously, Dennis Smith Jr. is very good, but NC State refuses to play defense. Like, they it it's someone tweeted that it was like when they played defense, it's just five dudes standing out there impatiently waiting to get the ball back. Mm-hmm. Like they just like look very uncomfortable. So I'm okay with the NC state one Clemson and in Pitt, I was just kind of like, um, I feel like Pitt has more than Clemson looking forward. Like, cause I did watch them beat Maryland. I don't think Maryland's very good. So I'll go on the record with that too. Maryland is a you one. You like Pitt ball. over Clemson going forward? Yes. Mm. I do. I think the Duquesne thing's just weird. Like, I don't think that that's a thing. Um, Clemson's lost to Xavier and Oklahoma. So by no means, you know, anything shabby there. Um, <laughs> but I just feel like Pitt 
I don't know. I just I think I weighed the how they looked against Maryland more than I did against the Duquesne outcome. All right. Um, even though I will, I will say they only beat Yale by five. Which anytime we hold someone to like really, really, really low output, I'm like, when the next person, like I, when I see people that give up sixty points to Grambling State, I'm like, what were you doing? Like, how does that even happen? And then, uh, but yeah, no, I don't. I think that middle section is just. I kept looking at the other teams and being like, man, this should be higher than Pitt. This should be higher than this person. So it's really just hot garbage right now. I don't even know. Agreed. Well, you both sounded somewhat comfortable in defending yourself. <laughs> Completely. So. Actually, I let Bennett pick my teams. Dog Bennett. She just went after oh. each one, and that's how I did it. I think that's a good way to put money on games, at least. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, the Who's play tomorrow. I play ECU tomorrow, so uh, tune into that. It's on like some dumb. Depending channel. on when this posts, unless it's already happened. If it's already happened, then they uh, play RMU after exam break. Well, yeah, Bobby Mo. The, the long dark day is also break. known as the exam break. Yeah, that's true. That is always a bummer. The fighting. Do you know the Robert Morris mascot? No peeking. It's a colonial it, uh, guy, isn't it? It's a colonial, right? It is, in fact, a colonial guy. It is a colonial. <laughs> yeah. Right. Colonial. Yeah. They are two and seven so far this year. They, so, uh, doing well. They, host, they, hosted in, they hosted and beat Kentucky a few years ago in the NIT. That's true. I oh, remember that. Yeah. Yeah. They played in that tiny gym, right? Because Kentucky yeah. had games at their arena. For the NCAA Kentucky tournament. Kentucky was then. hosting the NCAA tournament at their arena. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so they could play there. I forgot that was the reason they, why they, they played. The yeah. <laughs> I, think that, I think that was the year that Louisville won the national title. So oh, Rough. Man, rough for the Kentucky Louisville. fans. They've had it rough. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, they've really, you know, really rough go for it. All right. Well, uh, stay tuned to the blog, streakingalon.com, for... All your ECU talk and Robert Morris talk, and maybe we'll come up some with some things to talk about over the exam break. Uh, I don't know. We'll leave that to Caroline. But until then, go who's. off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. 
With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chantilly Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com.